Greetings, good afternoon, all that other wonderful stuff. Coming to you on a Tuesday afternoon, shortly before All Hallows' Eve, uh, which I'm going to be lazy with this year. Last year, of course, um, I had a Jedi outfit and I had a a Freddy Krueger-type outfit. This year, I'm being a little lazier. I'm not giving it away what I'm doing, but um, I've got a kind of a fun thing I plan to do this year on Halloween. Um, and we'll see how that goes. We'll see if people think it's entertaining or if people just say that, that I don't, I don't like it. Uh, now we're early in the year when it comes to hockey and I've had this discussion on the channel lately and I, I've, I've seen this discussion as well. Um, you know, within sporting circles, I guess I don't consider myself to be in the same circle as any of the people you might see on TV here on radio or potentially here in podcasts. I consider myself to kind of be on an island because that's pretty much how it feels a lot of time until like last night I go to a hockey game and there's a bunch of people who listen to my stuff and I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, and it, it kind of gives it that, that meetup kind of feeling when that's taking place. Um, you know, as, as, as a fan and, and having a channel, it makes things different because there've been times where I've, I've, as a fan said, well, you know, wake me up in December, wake me up in January. Oh, that team's off to a slow start. Yeah. I don't really care. That team's off to a fast start. Don't really care. Talk to me in 20 games. Well, when you're doing videos every single day, you kind of have to prop up the teams that are doing really well early. It doesn't matter who they're playing and you have to look at teams that have started out poorly and you know, yeah, if it's a bad schedule, it's a bad schedule. But you have to cover it as if, hey, this is kind of major news that this team isn't playing very well. And at the same time, you have to avoid the sensationalistic stuff, which I definitely see regularly. I, I think a lot of it has to do with just media in general. It's all clicks now. Uh, it's not substance. It's about what gets clicks. And there's definitely a lot of that with YouTube where, you know, it's it's what gets clicks. And I try not to create titles that are going to get a bunch of clicks. As a, For instance, yesterday on The Entertainment Guy, I did the video on me not thinking Lily Singh is funny. And she's not. And when people say, oh, it's acquired taste, you got to watch her a bunch and you get it. You know what? You know what else was an acquired taste? Beer. Guess what I still don't like? Beer. You know why? Because you can't acquire a taste for something that doesn't taste good. If you don't like it, you don't like it. And I don't like beer. The only reason that I drink it, if you see me with one in my hand, it's Shannon's decided he's being sober tonight and he's carrying around that beer so that people won't continually offer him drinks. It's the only reason I ever had beer. Um, so yeah, uh, I I don't think the idea that you should just continually bash yourself over the head with a show you don't like because you might start to like it is a good argument in favor of it. And and looking back, the the best example of this was Seinfeld. So Seinfeld, I know everybody loved Seinfeld. Oh, Seinfeld, what a great show. I hated it. I hated it at the beginning. I hated it when it was over. There was one season around the middle that I thought was really, really funny. That I remember watching a couple episodes and going, wait, what's happening now? I'm I'm watching. This is really funny. That's really funny. Okay, that's really, really funny. And there was like the yada yada episode, very funny episode. Uh, the Jerry's dating a virgin episode, funny episode. Uh, the bet, best episode ever. But everything before and after that 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 narrow window of greatness, 
I couldn't stand it. And yet there were people saying like, like remember the soup Nazi episode? I was like, oh, the soup Nazi is a great episode. And I watched it and I, I, I was like, I don't, I don't see why this is so funny. I don't understand why this episode has to keep getting played and why people really, really enjoy it. So again, the idea that if you watch something a lot, it'll get funnier. No, it gets funnier if it gets funnier. A good, a good example of that uh, would be The Office, the American version. The American version of The Office started off kind of clunky because it was based on the British version. And basically, Michael Scott was a version of the character played by Ricky Gervais. And, and Ricky Gervais is great. Steve Carell's great. But Steve Carell and Ricky Gervais aren't the same. So it, it, it kind of fell flat. And I remember the first ep- first few episodes of The Office I watched, I was like, this isn't very funny. And then all of a sudden I found myself really laughing at it and looking forward to the next episode. And it was the show found its footing. But not all shows do that. There, And I, I guess the closest I can come to tying this back into sports is some teams look disjointed, aren't very entertaining, and they come together. Some just don't. And it, it's impossible to predict which ones are necessarily going to get better and which ones aren't. So the, the trick for me is I look at this board for tonight, for instance, and I'll just go through this. San Jose and Boston. Well, before the season started, we would have been like, that'll be a matchup between two contending teams. That should be great. Well, San Jose has not looked like a contender. My problem with them during the summer and the thing that kept nagging at me was I was like, well, who's their offensive depth? Uh, you know, Thornton's getting older. Where's their offensive depth? And this was before they even brought Thornton back. So for me, I did see holes with San Jose, but I still said, fine, they should still be contenders, and they kind of need a big bounce back season from their goaltenders, but all right, fine. And so far this season, the the depth issues with San Jose and the goaltending have been, have been there. Uh, you look at the Caps against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Caps, I am sold on. I am still sold on the Caps. They blew a couple of leads early in the season. It's negatively impacted the record, but I still think they're going to be right there at the end. I think they're contenders. Toronto, yes, I still like Toronto. I still think they're good. Tonight's game is going to go a long way to deciding whether or not they are. Um, And it's weird because I know Toronto has basically an identical record to Calgary, but I look at Calgary as more of a disappointment right now than Toronto, which is odd. But with Toronto, I can kind of understand how some of these losses have taken place. And just, you look at the fact they're without Tavares, that's a huge hole in that lineup. The way that lineup's now constituted, they need Tavares. Before they got Tavares, they had Kadri. So, you know, that's that's a totally different lineup than what they have now. They have a lineup that relies greatly on Tavares and just on having two scoring lines. Uh, but... You know, I I get it. We need to sell this narrative that they're in in panic mode. Uh, do I worry about their defense? Yeah, I've worried about Toronto's defense all the all the way through. But they should, at the end of an 82 game schedule, be in a playoff spot. Where that remains to be seen. Uh, Philly and Pittsburgh tonight matchup between two teams that some were picking both to miss the playoffs. Some were missing Pittsburgh to miss. Some were missing Philly to miss. I was picking them both to make it. And I haven't seen anything so far this season to tell me that that they won't. The interesting thing with Philly is Carter Hart has been shaky. His numbers have been pretty poor already this year, and Elliott's been fantastic. So at the end of last season, there was a lot of people who were in favor of jettisoning Elliott. Turns out that would have been a kind of a, a poor idea. Um, Calgary and against Carolina, and there's uh, Elias Lindholm saying, 
I I feel bad about, you know, mocking the fans, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, He'll say whatever he wants to say now, but at the time they played Carolina last year, it's not like there weren't a lot of people that thought that the surge was obnoxious. Uh, So far this year, I haven't heard anybody complaining about the surge uh, for the most part, and and yet they're still doing it. I'm, I'm very grateful they're just doing just the simplistic regular surge. They're not making a big production of it. It does get obnoxious when it's a big production. Uh, but for Calgary right now, this is this is a big game. This is something they need to win. And for guys like Goudreau and Monaghan, they need to show they can get back on the horse and and provide that kind of offense that the team had last year. People are complaining about Riddick here and there and the goaltending. You know what? Riddick will be fine. Uh, Talbot, I'm more concerned about than Riddick, but Talbot's numbers have been better than Riddick's over the last couple of weeks, so we'll see what happens there. Tampa's in against the Rangers. Well, Tampa's kind of underperformed, but they should be fine. The Rangers, they're right right around where I kind of thought they'd end up. Uh, More competitive, sure. Does Panarin add a scoring touch? Yes. Uh, But it's easy to forget the players they gave up along the way last year, and it's not that easy to make up for what Zuccarello gave them last year. So, you know, are they better? They're more expensive. I don't know how much better the Rangers are. Uh, the Oilers in against Detroit. This is one of those classic early season matchups where you say, well, are the Oilers going to be good enough? They should be. And the defense has been really good. The trick for the Oilers is going to be this. When they start to struggle, and they have over the last four games, uh, are they going to start getting into bad habits defensively? Are they going to start cheating a little bit? Are we going to start seeing them getting into those old habits that drove Ken Hitchcock nuts last year, or are they going to listen to Dave Tippett and stick with the system? Uh, does Connor McDavid stick with the system when his scoring isn't necessarily up where he wants it to be? Does the pressure to take over a game all on your own end up costing you some games? So that's where things are going to get interesting. Of course, for Detroit, yeah, they're rebuilding. No pressure on Detroit. Chicago in against Nashville. If Chicago's going to be relevant, tonight's a good time. I didn't pick them to make the playoffs, but I said Chicago should give teams fits, and they could very well be one of those teams that proves me wrong. So far, they haven't. But the reason they haven't has nothing to do with the defense that I thought might be a bit of a problem. It's it's offense. The offense really hasn't been there, so it's kind of a strange difference that we see. And that's one of the most interesting things in the National Hockey League is even when we're right. So even when at the end of the year we go, see, I said that team would miss the playoffs, and they did. We might be wrong about why. So, yeah, they crashed and burned. It had nothing to do with why I thought they would, but see, we were right. So prognosticators are very often wrong in a sport with as much parity as the NHL. Um, Hockey, just in general, very parity. Minnesota in against Dallas, the battle of the former North Stars and the team that now resides where the North Stars once did. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. There's Dallas, a team that was supposed to be a contender, according to some. I didn't say it. I had them finishing third in the division, I believe, didn't I? I had them behind Colorado and Nashville. And that, it turns out, was really, really optimistic. I didn't have them winning a cup because I didn't think adding Pavelski would necessarily do that. Uh, Minnesota, uh, they've they've kind of underachieved beyond what people thought they would do. And yet, um, they've been on a bit of an upswing. Three wins in their last four, I believe. So, could they turn it around the possibility is there because again you're in parity uh, a land of parity and the central suddenly looks really wide open with so many teams that are sub 500 and not looking very good 
Uh, Winnipeg in against Anaheim continues that storyline. The Winnipeg Jets, a year ago, many people were taking them as these guys are contenders. They should win a Stanley Cup. They should be the 2019 Cup winners. These guys should be great. By the time the first round came around, there were a lot of people who felt that that they were vulnerable, especially against a Blues team that had an amazing second half of the season. They end up falling apart, and over the summer, their defense just gets absolutely ravaged. Uh, The Anaheim Ducks, well, that fast start has been kind of forgotten, and yeah, they're they're not looking like a playoff team right now at all. Uh, That offense needs to show up, and they need a guy like Sam Steele or Max Jones to turn it on. That being said, with all these teams I just went through, with all these matchups that I've got on these boards in front of me, two months from now, we could have a completely different storyline with all of these teams. The the one argument that, that I will make, so I did the video this week on the St. Louis Blues being worst overall. And that's the thing. Like, being 31st overall means people are saying, hey, this was the worst team in the league, and then they became the best. They won the Stanley Cup. The video I made was basically saying, look, they weren't the worst team. They were at the bottom. They hadn't played as many games as other teams that were ahead of them. They weren't the worst team. They didn't have the worst numbers at any point during the season. But um, while there are certain teams that are definitely not going to end up making the playoffs, you can look right now and say, well, those teams aren't going to make it. And you're you're 99.9% sure you're going to be right, whether it's Detroit. Uh, the Kings don't look like a team that's going to be anywhere near the playoffs. Minnesota doesn't look like they're going to be anywhere near. Ottawa doesn't look like they're going to be anywhere near. There's numerous teams right now. Um, When it comes down to which of the teams that are kind of in the middle, which of the teams that are at the top could end up falling, uh, when which team in the middle moves up, moves down, there's so much movement possible. The one thing that I'm wondering if we're going to see this year, so I mentioned Ottawa, Detroit, and all these teams that look like they're, they're pretty lost. Are we going to see four, five, six teams this year that are actually out of it, that are actually sellers at the deadline? The trade deadline's kind of been a bit of a wasteland, in part because everybody's still in it, so there aren't very many sellers. If we see a lot of bad teams in the league, it means we're going to see some bad hockey, but it might mean we get a better trade deadline. So on some level, I'm kind of thinking, you know, it might be better if Detroit... Ottawa, L.A., Minnesota, if all these teams stay bad, because it might make for a really interesting trade deadline where some guys are going to be available who have some of these teams turned it around, and if they're within four points of the playoffs, it might completely change everything. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting season overall. And my job as a YouTuber is to make sure that every single day I come at it from a different angle. Somebody mentioned uh, on the, the preview video this morning that I put up different stats every day and I put up kind of different information every day in my previews. That's on purpose because last year um, I tended to stay with some of the same numbers and people complained about it. So I went, all right, every preview is going to be completely different. And I basically, I've got two or three different sites I use and I use different stats for each video. So I'm, I'm very, um, very excited about that. Uh, that, that every, every, preview will be completely different the reviews will be largely the same but because the games are all different the reviews are still going to come across differently it's the previews that i have to make sure i'm able to spice up a little bit and put some different information in and make things a little different because if i just give you guys the top five scores every day yeah i can admit that gets pretty dry pretty repetitive and pretty boring but uh there you go just wanted to do a little bit of a 
a a podcast for you fine wonderful people and uh thank you for supporting me on um on youtube and and for for allowing the channel to grow as much as it has and uh for following me on here as well it's greatly appreciated and you know fingers crossed that, that it continues to grow i'm i'm impressed that the overall numbers on the channel seem to be about right now i would say they're about 15 percent higher than last year in terms of viewers um 50 yeah about 15 maybe 20 percent this year above last year so i mean if it grows at that rate from here great if it stays the same that's also great but if it were to grow 20 percent a year that's pretty darn cool so uh to everybody who comments likes shares all that other wonderful stuff it's greatly appreciated and i noticed that and uh thank you guys for your attention i will talk to you again soon